Well, you can talk about films with a philosopher's zeal, or measure them all by box office appeal. But for once in your life, be real. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Be Real Guys is coming at you right now. Welcome, listeners. I hope you enjoyed Chance's little song, because that's what leads into this. Um, Yes. I know that I enjoy it every time I listen to it, because I, you know, very... Because you you talk at the end of it, and it promotes something you do? Right. Well, no, but I like to listen to it. Uh, I think I like to be a fan of my own podcast, so I listen to it. It reminds me. I'm, I'm taken by surprise every week with your little song. Well, thanks. Yeah. I. How can, are you? I'm. You've been. You. You've been sick. I've been sick, but I. I'm, you sick bastard. Okay, let's take it easy. Um, <laughs> I have been sick, but I am willing to rally because I don't think I've ever been more excited for one of our podcasts than I am this yep. evening. So. <laughs> you've been you know. sitting around all day. Yeah, it's like a sick day from work to today this. and was like running to and from the bathroom. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get through this because when like, you got to go, you got to go. We're going to talk about the goddamn Jurassic Park movies. And I am but a man compared to what we're doing here today. And I'm just but a pawn in the Jurassic Park game of life. That's right. Uh, so we're going to talk in depth oh about... it's gonna get it's gonna get heady it's gonna get a little sweaty yep. in here i've turned off the air conditioner for the sake of the my audio track here it's gonna yeah. be great uh and uh if opinions get too heated we'll go skull to skull like pachycephalosaurus the friar talks oh yeah elvis with the pompadour <laughs> so we're not going to be discussing the original Jurassic Park because that's canon and you should have seen that already. Uh, we're only going to be talking about the Jurassic Park sequels, but we'll probably allude enough to the original Jurassic Park. Am I right? I think we may end up talking about the original for several minutes. Right. At least we'll be talk- like bouncing off of it as the gold standard for what these movies uh, try to be and fail to be, try to be and succeed to be, um, aggressively don't try to be. I'm excited. Yeah. And while we're on the the topic, Chance, uh, we have a sponsor this week. Uh, Good. Be Real Guys is brought to you today by testing the limits of your relationship by watching all four Jurassic Park movies with your significant other over a 48-hour period. Not only are these films terrifying in the cinematic sense, they're also troubling in their depiction of dating, raising children, and the inevitable bleakness of a broken family during a painful divorce. If these films teach us anything about romantic relationships, it's that we're all on the prowl for the next ex-Mrs. Malcolm, and even living through a near-death situation with prehistoric genetically cloned monsters isn't enough to hold even a seemingly happy couple together, especially if they don't see eye-to-eye on having kids. And Jurassic Park is a great way to analyze your own romantic shortcomings, too. Do you get self-conscious about your partner flirting with other men? Her innocent conversations will seem petty compared to watching some other guy experience his girlfriend's personal space invaded by a leather-clad sex symbol from the 90s attempting to explain chaos theory. 
Are you tired of your partner's gross habits? Take these movies for a spin. I bet you've never watched your girlfriend dig through a pile of animal waste for no real narrative gain. But wait, there's more. Binge watching these iconic, this iconic franchise will leave you and your significant other saying things like, sure you left the toilet seat up, but at least I didn't have to rescue you from an island inhabited by dinosaurs covered at length in a fucking book I wrote that you clearly didn't read. And I hope we get divorced so we can put aside our differences to come together after our son in a bonding exercise with his reckless adventure-seeking new stepfather whose death doesn't particularly bother me. Get stranded on it. <laughs> It's stranded on an island so dangerous it's been dubbed the five deaths. Binge watching Jurassic Park with your significant other, because nothing distracts these characters from crippling domestic problems quite like an unchecked genetics conglomerate repeating their shameless acts of moral hubris over a combined eight hours of screen time. But don't worry. If, if your relationship ends on mutual terms, your ex will definitely interpret a garbled phone call as an opportunity to guilt her new husband into pulling some huge favor at the State Department to rescue your sorry ass. Yeah, well, let's start, let's start right at uh, Jurassic Park The Lost World, the sequel to the 1993 hit Michael Crichton's Jurassic Park. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, yeah, we're gonna talk about uh, World Last, folks. So I can put a timestamp in the podcast if you are really interested in the contemporary stuff. But I think in the flow of the pod, uh, this will help. And us I think ultimately. it'll be worth it to sort of hang with us for half yeah. an hour while we reminisce about a movie you probably <laughs> haven't seen in like 15 years. <laughs> because it'd be the same as hanging out with us in real life like and that's really, really like, different... that's really what the podcast is about it's just like you're a yep. fly on the wall when chance and i talk about movies and argue about them and then rate it on a gradient system that we came up with ourselves slash tim lundy came up with yes <laughs> um okay sorry so lost you, world 1997 yeah, well, let's walk through the what we're doing here so we're gonna sort of critically reappraise these films and uh, rate them on a watchability scale. And why don't you explain that, Chance? Sure. Uh, so movies are either good, good, bad, 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 good, or good, bad. The one that the option that comes first uh, describes the quality of the movie, what you interpret to be its right. and technical or one, narrative execution. And the, the second, second one uh, is, is if it's watchable or not. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, Good, good would be like The Departed. Um, good, bad would be like Schindler's List. Bad, good would be like any number of Kurt Russell movies from the late 80s, early 90s. And uh, bad, bad would be like, oof, what do we decide? Oh, white chicks. Yeah, yep. That's the quick rundown. So let's get into The Lost World. Yeah. So this also um, is a Spielberg movie. Steven Spielberg directed Crichton book. It had the pedigree to be as good as the first. Yes. Uh, Base, you you want me to try synopsis real quick? Do what you must, my friend. So, basically, this movie postulates a a site B. The the first movie that took place on Isla Nublar, an island off the coast of Costa Rica was Jurassic Park. Site B is Isla Sorna, which is where the animals were technically like bred and grown. Before 80, what was it, being... 85 miles south or something? 
And so this we're following uh, Ian Malcolm as he's resummoned to part creator John that, Hammond. It's Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Um, the ninety the the ninety uh, sex symbol we discussed earlier. Yeah. <laughs> who wants Malcolm and a small team to go to Isla Sorna to do a thorough scientific documentation before um, InGen, the company that Hammond founded and ran, but he has now been um, has been wrested from him by the board and his uh, pissy little British nephew. Um, Listen, Chance, be careful because... The suit costs the suit more, costs than, your more education. than your education. I used to like to say that when like bullies would like fuck with me right. in like fifth grade, and, and it they like need you right in the balls after that. I hope because yeah. <laughs> they didn't get it, and I wasn't helping myself. Right, and uh, neither of you had been to college at that point, and you probably weren't <laughs> wearing suits, so even visually, it didn't quite work. Nope. No. So yeah. So basically, Hammond, after witnessing the, his own hubris literally murder a shit ton of people in the first movie, he like wants to now have the dinosaurs that he made, who have somehow figured out how to survive, just live on this island undisturbed. And so he puts this team together, and they and Ian Malcolm gets wrestled into going back, even though he doesn't want to, because his girlfriend has gone there unbeknownst to him, and he feels like some need to save her. Yep. And meanwhile, InGen, the major corporation that John Hammond started that like made the original Jurassic Park, yes, as you said, they've taken control of the board and they've decided to go back to the island, capture a couple animals, and bring them back to the San Diego Zoo type thing that they're building. I need you to send rescue immediately. Taking dinosaurs off this island is the worst idea history of bad ideas I, I've been getting really deep because I watched all these movies in like like I said 48 hours with my lady friend right. and we were like we talked out like all of it and like you know like just like the politics of this corporation and like how did they possibly recover from not only the first one but like all really all three movies yeah and like how did they then like last into because it's still the same company in the fourth movie Yep. So I think like what I like what really drew me initially when I saw this movie as a kid and what I still find compelling about the series is just like the sheer scope of like how big like this park originally was and how much stuff they built. Because I don't think you get after the first one because it's very like tight in what they show you that you mm -hmm. just don't get like how much money was invested in this like really foolish venture of like not only genetically recreating dinosaurs but then creating this huge fucking theme park around it without having tested like anything yeah and i and i think that's what that makes for and spielberg does it really well the third one tries to do it but fails to do it is you get a fair amount of eeriness right. because of that scope because you realize just what a massive undertaking it was but yet until world no one ever sets foot in there for pleasure so what you have is basically this like corporate skeleton that's like right. ramming heads well, even with, like, in even in the new one there's still like the old park that's like the old like complex that's still there which like plays a yeah. pivotal if not ridiculous role but it was still interesting to see like 
it's so hard to like tear anything down because you have these like wild predators on the loose that like they just build yep. over it and yep. there's still like just a ton of shit everywhere and like pretty technologically like advanced stuff that they can still like render it somewhat functional even like years afterwards yeah do you like Goldblum in this movie no you don't because i i don't i I, i'm gonna say that and okay and here's the thing like the big sort of turn i had in my personal life um I originally was like a Lost World apologist. Like I thought it had like some decency in it, but like after watching it this time, I just think that they like, I mean, it's kind of like my problem with uh, Spielberg sometimes when he tries to reboot, reboot his own shit is that like, he doesn't realize like that the, the chemistry of the one he previously worked on was in such a way that like, you're never going to recreate that. So don't try. Hmm. Interesting. And I'll bring that point up later why I think some of them work and why some of them don't. But I think Jeff Goldblum is like, he's not the leading man of this series. He was just the comic relief from the first one. Like, he's incapacitated for like a good chunk of the first one. That's true. So, but I just don't, like, I don't care about him. I felt like I don't care about the Ian Malcolm character that they created as much as I cared about a more sympathetic character in... Uh, Dr. Grant and Dr. Sattler. Interesting. See, I actually think I enjoyed, or I was more interested in, I at least thought he had something to play uh, coming out of the first one because the events of Jurassic Park, if you like take this to be a continuity of Ian Malcolm, the character, have essentially kind of like ruined his extended youth and his suaveness. Um, right. And... Well, he's kind of a broken guy. He's been, like, discredited and... Yeah. Like, he gets pretty pissed in that really long exposition with... Uh... I think that's my biggest issue with this movie that I just didn't realize before is, that, like, it takes them a really long time to get to that island. Here's a question. Yeah. Um, that I think is glaring in the second one because... Mm-hmm. Weirdly, while I think that, I don't know her name, but the young actress, his daughter, while she might actually be the best child actor in any of these movies, in oh, my without opinion, a doubt. I find her, I still find her incredibly anno- annoying. And well, it all is the kids, movie, I mean, but that's like one it, of the tropes of the genre. Right. But it's, the, this was the movie that made me wonder, why do we have to have kids? And I think that I, I kind of sought around for like, what effect do the kids have on the adults? Do they in some ways like supersede the adults? Do they switch roles? But ultimately, I think it's just tickets. We want to have kid in this movie right. so we well, can like, get a family to I mean, the that's theater. what makes it like a PG-13 action, like family. Like, I don't know. That's what makes it such a great movie is the fact that like it appeals to not only kids but adults. Yeah. And ha- you need to just physically have a kid there so the kid can be like, oh, that's me. Here's a question that I hope we feel the same about. Who do you think has the most interesting emotional arc of Lost World? Because, and there's so much, there's so many goddamn characters in this movie, too. Like, that's another one of the issues. Um, Who is the most interesting arc? Emotional arc, Emotional arc. Um, I think it's Pastelweight, who... um, Yeah, I was going to say Roland. Roland, the big game hunter who has agreed to sort of like 
do the dirty work of this in-gen expedition in exchange for the right to hunt the male tyrannosaur right he's the real um, like um yeah and you know honestly though i think he's because the nephew is always like i think there's a good line where the nephew's talking and goldblum says something like whenever you try to sound like john ham but it just sounds like a hustle so just shut up right Um, well there's also that weird scene too where the rich nephew like tries to get the dudes to like stand up and even though they hate vince vaughn he's just like more working class so they respect him and i also think the same is true with roland's is that like these guys are there for him not for ingen right which is i think is an interesting dynamic but then the only thing yeah you go ahead what i was gonna say about roland is that okay so this is what i like about the first two the third one doesn't attempt it um we'll get to how i think it works in world um but you i think what's most interesting about these movies is when the politics of the humans their ideas about their relationship to nature are challenged by the nature and i actually think roland is the most john hammond-esque character in the second one because he has this big pure idea about like interesting what it is to have like um authentic like an authentic relationship between man and animal even if even yeah, and even if you think, uh, yeah, that man, it's man, you know, hunting and killing the most dangerous animal, that's ultimately, ultimately shattered for him after he spends time around these creatures and his friend dies. Um, right. It's an ultimately empty experience for him in the same way it is for Hammond. Because I actually think they say very similar things at the end. Like, uh, there's some question at the end of Jurassic Park about, like, I can't remember what it is. He's like, what to do? But Hammond yells like, people are dying. And that's kind of his turning point about like, we got to get out of here. Right. Um, and then Roland is just like, no, I don't want any more. I don't care about hunting. I don't care about the San Diego version of the park. I've spent enough time in the company of death. Right. I think they're analogous characters because there, there are so many analogous things between right. these two movies, even though the second one doesn't pull them off as well, nearly as well as the first. If you're going to say that Roland is the John Hammond, can I then ask, do you think that, uh, what's his name? Dieter is the Nedry character. Yeah. 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 Is he the Nedry character then? Because like they have very similar, like isolated death scenes. He is his like negligence is ultimately like the downfall in a couple situations. Do you think that he like fills that same role then? Oh, I'm sorry. You're talking about Stormare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do yes. You... Oh, God. A hundred percent. I think that's a great call. Yeah, 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 yeah. There are so many things in this first one that are parallel strand, or in, sorry, in the second one that are parallel strands to the first. Well, I'm gonna. The argument I'm gonna make is that in all of these movies, they basically are just reusing like the same thing, like the same, yes. almost like beat for beat, the same movie. With, like, yeah. just slight variations. I was surprised on rewatch to find how similar I found 1 and 2 to be. Right. And how, how incredibly different I found 3 to be. Um, right. Not in, term, not in terms of quality, but just in terms of, like, the kind of movie they set out to make. Right. Um, I think 2 does a good job, or does a good job of... Like, it has the same relationship to to the to the dinosaurs. Essentially, the same right. relationship between man and nature is tested and recontextualized. Um, 
a few right. different ways. If you think about the dinosaurs as characters, the this movie actually develops the dinosaurs as characters, the parental instincts of the T-Rexes, the sort of like really cunning, like menacing instincts of the raptors as opposed to where three and four kind of takes them. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's they're very similar movies. This is... This is magnificent. Oh, yeah. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and, and screaming. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, like, Jurassic Park was a huge hit, so why not just do it again? And there was also the book. Like, that's the weird thing, for me at least, about this movie, is that, like, there was also a book about it, too. Like, it wasn't like mm -hmm. they just made it up for because the movie was successful. There was already, like, source material to draw from, but then, right. like, upon further research, like, if you look at, um, if you look at it, the the book plot and, like, the movie plot of Lost World, they're, like, strikingly different. They really are. I remember reading that um, sometime in, in middle school. And the main character of that book is not even in this movie. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. But anyway, let me ask you this about two. Um, okay. When this is, again, a theory I have for all the movies, um, don't you feel like Laura Dern is the only, like, female human in this movie or in this in this series? Like, she's the 100%. only, like, human being. Yeah. Like, Julianne Moore is just kind of, like, annoying and a catalyst for the plot. And then, well, we'll get to it in a second, but Taylor... We'll get to Bryce Dallas Howard. Well, yeah. Well, then Taylor Leone is excruciating. Oh. And then, yeah. like, Bryce Dallas Howard is, like, the, I don't know, like, a very sort of male perception of, like, third wave feminism or something. Yep, for sure. But anyway. Uh, but, yeah, but I feel like Julianne Moore in this is, like, she's annoying to watch. I think a lot of them are. A lot of the female, like, leads in this series. I think that's a really good point. Um, you know, yeah, Laura Dern is the only one who, in a pinch brings you both strength and comfort. And I think Julianne Moore is is a, a fine actor. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Something something about something about the really precocious way this character is written makes her very unsympathetic, I think. Right. And I also like don't like the weird like I just don't get her relationship to Jeff Goldblum. Like in the movie. Like did you did yeah. you struggle with like what are they? Like at one point because... I, I thought they were like <laughs> like a very serious couple but like but there are these little hints in there that they're like he's just like he's only been like fucking her for like two weeks or something <laughs> or that they just have like apartment sex rendezvous like once a month for two years or something like that yeah it could be Which either, is really interesting but i think the, the like the, most of their relationship like is not spent talking because there's like this weird sense of like this is the first time they've ever, ever had to deal with anything <laughs> as a couple <laughs> Totally. And I, you know what? I think this is a funny parallel to the first one because you could look at Grant and Sadler's relationship and be like, wow, they show no like uh, physical or sexual affection for each other at all. But there's something believable about that because they they have such great um, they have such great kind of quiet care for each other. But it's so um, innocent and pure in the first one. I mean, for this for this movie's flaws it is still Spielberg at the peak of him being excited about what he can do with the camera in an action movie. Um, and there are so many shots of the dinosaurs that I just love. And I'll talk about this in a while, how I just think 
um, in these other two movies, lesser filmmakers really struggle with how to frame and present and reveal these giant monsters. And right. like once again, once again, Spielberg just masterfully um, shows their physicality, but also compensates right. when he has to and obscures them at the exact right moments whether it's just like putting you in the nostrils or seeing the t-rex lumber full scale for just a minute or just a second before you're behind the waterfall there's no thing where like i mean we'll we can shit all over jp3 in a second sorry i don't mean to be leading i don't know how you feel about it but there's never the thing where the spinosaurus like charges into the clearing and you get to see how bad the visual effects are for like 15 unadulterated seconds right yeah i think it's funny that and maybe it's just because spielberg got so much success early on with Jaws, which was like, I mean, it was a low-budget movie and they couldn't show the shark that often, but to spare bad special effects, like, you don't see the shark very much in that movie. And I think because he had success with that, he sort of figured out that, like, hey, this is the bare minimum I can get away with, and people still love it because they make up most of it in their mind. And I think that's what, what is great about this movie and with, the first one, especially with the first one, like they, they clearly had more money, I think making the second one, but with the first yeah. one, like, I don't think you ever see the T-Rex like unobscured in a little pot, like a little way. Like you never see just like an unbroken the- shot of the T-Rex in the first one. He's always obscured by a tree or a rope or like a bar, or like a piece of yeah. the car. Like you never, they never put him in space. I think that's a I think that's a great read on what Jaws Forever did. It for seemingly whenever he had to make this kind of movie, it like made him think about like what limitations were and how to withhold um the scary things. And I think it forever kind of served him well, even though oh, he yeah. had a boatload of money to do this. Yeah. That's really true. But anyway, so well maybe we can hint now and tip our cards a bit about like what your rating for this movie is, and then we can sort of argue from there. Okay. Uh, I think that, see, I was really interested in this, man, because I, I, I just didn't know how I would, when I was like, when I'm going to pop a rating on this, what I was going to do. I think it ultimately is obviously not Jurassic Park. I think it's quite a bit dumber. I don't think the supporting cast is, um, has nowhere near the chance to be as iconic. I think I might still go kind of a soft, good, good though. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting because I honestly, like, when I watched this movie, it just, like, didn't – after seeing – well, because my trajectory was that I watched the new one and then I went back and watched the original three. And getting to this one third, like, I just was not impressed with it. Like, I Hmm. thought it was, like, really – I don't know. And then I, like, read a lot of stuff on it and was, like – I don't know. I mean, I think like in the context of the series, it's a necessary chapter to sort of understand where we are. So that's the reason I'm going to say that it's good, bad. Do you get what I'm saying though? Cause like, I think you like should watch it if you want to understand like what happens, but ultimately I don't think if I had the option of all three, I think it's in last place for which one I just pop on. It's in last. Yeah, wow. I would have to, okay. I have to be that bold. No, that's okay. It's in second for me because while I think it's interesting, uh, while I think it's you know kind of bloated in a lot of spots, I think its peak moments make me feel the same as the 
yeah, peak moments God, of the first kinda, one. Like, it's kind of dumb, and it doesn't really do much new for the series except for like just making it longer. Don't you think? Like the whole San Diego no, thing is so like this movie's well, over. Like, what are you with. doing? You know, why is there a last fifteen minutes in this movie? Like that was enough. And then I don't know. And like I didn't really. A lot of the characters don't do a whole lot. Like, yeah, okay. Oh, the nephew gets eaten. Like, great, whatever. And then Julianne Moore and like uh, Jeff Goldblum. They, they don't really like get any closer. I don't think. And no, the the daughter still hates him. And Richard Schiff is dead. So like, I don't know. I don't know that it adds a lot. You know. But let's should, mo- but let's should move we move on. on though? I don't. Yeah, I don't feel like I can argue without you w- with you without making arguments about the yeah, other. Well, go movies ahead. Yet. Well, let's so move on to Jurassic to three? Park three. Joe Johnston, two thousand and one. So Spielberg leaves the helm, but I think is still on there as, as an EP, right? Yeah. Apparently, like Joe Johnston was like his was like a guy who really wanted to be his protege, and he promised him like before the second one. That if there was ever a third one, like, you can make it, Joe. Like, good luck. Yeah. So let's get into the plot of this movie. So it basically has the same, you know, core beginnings as the first two. You know, uh, desperate protagonist is lured under false expectations back to these, back to the, uh, uh, (laughs) what is it? The, uh, what is it? Isla Sorna? No, 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 the, the islands. Isla Sorna? No, 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 the, they're called the... Uh, Cinco Muertes. The Cinco Muertes. Oh, sorry. Uh, five deaths. The five deaths. Uh, Vince Vaughn is so terrible, too. How can you, how can you say that that... Anyway. Um, no, I liked him in that movie. No, he's bad. Um, right. So, yeah, lured under, under false pretenses, Sam Neill, Dr. Grant from the original one, who was not in the second one, comes right. back because and like he's also kind of been discredited but like people also think he's like still charming and he's still raising money for his digs and stuff so uh then william h macy and Taylor leone show up and they basically give him the same speech uh that john hammond gives in the first one saying like i'll further your dig for a further three years or two years that's a terrible richard attenborough i'm so sorry <laughs> that was um, okay for the further five years let's let's stay on schedule um (laughs) and so they convince him like with promise of funding that if he like just takes them on a tour of like one of the islands or something and points out the interesting dinosaurs because they're rich and they like have like they've done every extreme thing and then they've got tickets to go to the moon and like whatever (laughs) and so yeah he agrees to uh take them there but then like the beginning prologue what i love about these movies is they all have a prologue yeah uh, which is a kind of a fun jurassic park thing but in the prologue of this one um this like older man and this young boy who and like their relationship really isn't explained they're just like they're uh like parasailing and they're getting close to isla sorna and uh something about the boat like it breaks or like the guys die or like something and then they have to like unhook you never know you never really find out if it was dinosaur related or just you know pure incompetence uh or yeah or ocean problems um 
But then they get disconnected from the parasailing thing, but they got this parachute, so then they, like, they, like, paraglide onto the island like idiots, and then it cuts to, like, the present action. So this is presumably, like, six weeks ago. So they, um, yeah, they go to the islands, and Sam Neill doesn't want to land, so they punch him, and then he wakes up, and they're on the island, and they're clearly, the reveal is that they're looking for their son, who yeah, the he's boy. horrified to find out that they're trying to land. Right. Because um, he thinks they're doing an aerial tour. And then they knock him out and then they get off. Yeah. And then so the they're landing to find their son and then they get into all this shit and landing was their big mistake. And then the movie unfolds from there is them trying to get off the islands. So. We have a landing strip up ahead. You want me to put it oh, out? What do you mean, set her down? You can't land here. What are you talking about? Hold on, I can explain. You cannot just... land on this island. Oh my god! Can I just say that, like, I think the most alarming thing about this movie, just straight out in like the first ten minutes, is those like weird Alan Grant POV shots, mm-hmm. which is like not yeah. a shot used in a Jurassic Park movie, and like the first one is this like super like bizarre dream sequence where he's like sitting on a plane next to a raptor. And then he, like, the raptor starts talking, and then it's actually the guy, and it's a dream, whatever. And then when he gets punched, when he's freaking out about them landing, it also goes to, like, a POV of, like, but, like, William H. Macy's reaction shot of him getting, like, punched in the back of the head or something. Yep. Yeah. Uh, But what were you going to say? I think that's really good. That's funny. I didn't notice those, but it is definitely a signal of just how kind of what weird hands this series got put into right. with uh, Johnston's hands. Um, so one of the first things that I want to point out about this movie is that it is, well, okay, well, first of all, it is a tight 90 minutes. Oh, it yeah. feels like it was edited by someone who was just like in a big fucking hurry to get it into theaters. Right. Um, and upon going back, um, do you know who, did you look this up on Wiki? Do you know who one of the primary screenwriters for this movie was? Oh, it was, uh, Alexander Payne. That's right. Oh, that's so um, good. It was either him or Johnson, though, said that during the movie, at no point in filming did they have a finished script. Well, it, it certainly feels so, that way. Like, someone almost, that's, like... Yeah, I mean, I just feel like some of those scenes were, like, especially William H. Macy's lines, which he's, like, clearly making up on the spot, are just so wonderful that, like... Did you have a, did you have a favorite? Um, let's see if I wrote down one. Did you? Yes, I did. Um, it's when they find the corpse of the new boyfriend in the hang glider, yeah, and he yeah. chases down Taylor, and he goes, Hey, hey, oh, I'm sorry about that. Ben, <laughs> sorry your like new husband got just eaten found or whatever. A skeleton two seconds ago, and Taylioni goes, "It's not Ben. <laughs> it's uh, Eric. I don't want Eric to be alone." Well, that like, was my illusion. Feel... That was my illusion in the spot. Yeah, is that yeah, she's yep. so unaffected by it? She's just like, "Hey, like I'm not upset about it. like that." Okay, if this movie was edited, it certainly wasn't in the scene where she's wrestling with the ropes of, like, the the parachute next to the dead body. It goes on for days. 
And then then there's 30 seconds later, she's like, I'm fine. I'm not upset about literally being forced to, like, come in contact with my, like, my my current husband's corpse. Right, to have his bones, Last Crusade-style, shoved in my face. Right. I'm really upset that, like, I didn't find our son right there. Yep. Oh, my God. Um... My favorite, okay, my favorite thing about how quickly it gets underway um, is the, the movie opens with Dr. Or it doesn't, it opens with the, the hang gliding thing. But after that, the story starts with Dr. Grant at uh, Ellie Sadler's house where she has kids and has married this military uh, And there's kind military of like a what moment guy. for me because I thought like, and Jay yeah. had this moment too where she's like, wait, they didn't end up together. Cause, and right. the movie kind of plays on that too because like you don't see the new husband like for a while into their scene. So you like assume it maybe is their kid. Yeah, it's a weird, and it's weirdly uncomfortable when he does show up because he like pours some wine. And he's like, "Well, I'll let you two talk." And Doctor Grant's yeah. like, "Hey, what do you do anyway?" Like they don't give a damn about each other, and it's really awkward. It's like some guy she used to sleep with coming over to visit, and he's right. gonna go watch TV in the other room. Right. Um, you two catch up. I'm gonna do anything else. She's just he. But my favorite, my favorite funny bad side effect of how this, how quickly this movie feels it needs to get going is he's like, Ellie, how are you? And she's like, fine. How are you, Alan? And he's just like, do you remember the sounds they made? The raptors. <laughs> he immediately pervs out about what the raptors sounded like with yeah, no provocation at all. I mean, all. these people are rattled. Like, imagine going through life, like, having been one of the few visitors to Jurassic fucking Park. Like, yep. you're, you're going to be pretty torn up about it for 10 years or so. Oh, man. I tell you what I like about this movie, though. Okay. Or what I found so, like, I just found it, and I think this is a problem with the pacing of the movie, because you don't really build up to, like, the action, I felt like. Nope. So, like, and then there's that really, like, really upsetting sequence with the guy who, like, doesn't get on the plane, and he's, like, begging for his life, and you're like, wait a minute, there was just a dream sequence, like, 30 (laughs) seconds ago, like, I'm not prepared for this level of, like, human tragedy, and then he gets, like, I'm not stopping this plane. You know I can't stop this plane, you know I can't, and then, like, Cooper gets fucking bit in half, and then, like, the plane, like, explodes, like, oh, it's, it's a nightmare. Yep. Um, The scene you're alluding to, though, I think is one of the huge problems with this movie, um, is that, like, the, no, like, the first goddamn dinosaur you see when they're on the ground is the reveal of, like, the big bad in the flesh. It's the Spinosaurus. Um, Right. And it's just like, did you not learn, you didn't want to, you don't want to mimic anything successful about the other two? Right. Yeah, I I suppose not. Um... My other big problem with this movie, well, in that you see the dinosaur that quickly, I feel like there's so many more like a, like computer effects driven sequences in this one than yeah. in the previous two. Like you don't even have like a moment of tenderness with the dinosaurs. Does that make sense? Exactly. Like oh, they have 100%. that one scene where they're like kind of looking at them. But it's so important. You have the scene with the brachiosaurs in the first one and the stegosaurs in the second one. Where you well, get, you have the scene too where they're the, petting the triceratops too, and that's all yeah. like they built that yep. thing. 
But see, here, so but here's the thing. I think that talking about like you know how good Spielberg is with the camera in the '90s, he makes those scenes with non-dangerous dinosaurs exciting because of what he's able to do with scale and, and the have, shots he's yeah. able to do. Yeah, and you have like the music then swells into like a major chord, and you like understand what this place could have been. Exactly. Like why but people I don't, did I don't it. Think Josh Johnson doesn't have the skill yeah. to pull out that shot because in the in the you know in the first scene with the Spinosaurus where it's ripping the plane to pieces, you instantly realize like what a lesser filmmaker he is because right. I mean not only is do the computer like does the dinosaur made from whole computer digital cloth look dumb, right. um, it's just like a mess of like hands and tail and it's just like i have no idea how big this thing is or right. where we are or what's going on yeah. right and i think the other like narrative flaw of the just in the script is the fact that this movie is the only movie that doesn't have a human villain that's very true like think about the first two you have you know the dennis nedry who like fucks everything up the second one, you have the guys, like, going in and trying to take the the nephew, trying to, like, get InGen back off the ground. But in this one, you just have, like, parents, like, trying to save their kid. Like, that's not... You're not the villain. See, I think this is a... It's a big issue with three, and four doesn't pull it off for me either in this one tiny... Um, in this one tiny way is, like, it kind of doesn't know how to kill people. Spielberg is able to have the dinosaurs... Um, kill people you like whether it's eddie trying to save him with the trailer in the second one or john arnold or maybe or even the clever girl guy um and it's just like oh "Oh my god this yeah like this is what monsters are and like you understand it on the level of fear and on the level of man versus nature um and but jp3 it doesn't have anyone that it thinks it can like morally kill and so like basically nobody dies right and there's also, like, a very, very tight little cast, which is... But, a tight little cast of people giving bad performances. I mean, the performances aren't great. I'll give you that. But I have to say, and this is where I'm going to start to stand up for Jurassic Park 3. All right. Is that I feel like this one trod new ground for me. Like, it wasn't a tale of corporate hubris. It was just, like people dealing with like a weird thing that just exists in this one universe. Like that's not a problem that we would have in the real world, but like it, you know, it would, but it's not a Jurassic park, like movie movie. Sure. And that's what I kind of liked about it was that it was like, it felt fresh. Like I didn't find it as predictable. I mean, I'd seen it a couple of times, but I still like, I knew beat for beat what was going to happen in Lost World. I didn't know beat for beat because it like kind of broke from the mold, which I found interesting. Yeah, I mean, okay, so I'll I'll come with you a little bit. I'll say that you know it, I didn't like it about it, but see, I thought because the I probably watched this movie two years ago and really did not care for it. Um, but when I was watching it critically this time, I think I I wasn't mad at it. Because it's so much less ambitious than any of the other ones. Right. It's just a re- it's just a bunch of people on a rescue mission. Right. And there is there is no like what I talked about before, what I think is so important to the to the sort of so- intellectual size of these movies, um, is that there's something to do with like 
the politics of man and man's belief. Right. And, like, this movie is just like, let's get that kid and like try not to get eaten. Right. So like, there's and, you can't hate you can't hate it that much because right. Like, and that's what I think is movie. interesting about it. And like, I didn't. I mean, if I can be quite candid, I didn't really enjoy like the politics of the second one as much as I enjoyed the politics of the third one. I mean, because there there really are no politics in the third one. Right. What was that? That's a Tyrannosaurus. I don't think so. It sounds bigger. So what is you? What do, uh, what do you think your rating is for this one, buddy? Uh. Honestly, man, this is a bad, bad for me. I'm going to have to go ahead and say that this is bad, good. Okay. I, I, thought, I, figures. I thought, like, it's not, a, it's not a good, good movie by any means. It's definitely not as good as the first one, but I wasn't so bored by it, which I kind of was with Lost World. Mm-hmm. And it's like you said, it's a, it's a lean 90 minutes in and out the door, I, you know, I watched it while I was dusting this weekend. It was a perfect movie <laughs> to just throw on and just like, and I, I felt like, and I even made notes. I was invested in it, but didn't have to even look at the screen. That's funny. Yeah, I think what what solidifies the, the first bad of the two words for me is I think that I read how, you know, how reluctant um, Alan Grant is to go with them. I read that as a little bit too close about how reluctant Sam Neill is to like even be on screen with these people that he seems to despise so much. Yeah, yeah that's definitely detectable in the early scenes, yeah. but he gets into it. Oh, and then he's got that little protege that he works with, you know. Eric the boy. Or are you talking about Billy? Billy, who steals the egg, who like fucks them. What, did we really need the lucky pack trope in two straight movies? What Everybody's is that about? Everybody's got a lucky pack, my friend. Jesus. And everyone's got, like, a satellite phone that doesn't really work. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. That's funny. But, um... But I also liked what, what... And I feel like... And I guess one of the major questions to ask about this series is... Do you think it was, like, a, like a necessary addition to the canon of Jurassic Park world movies. And I believe this one, like, because that's the, what I like about them is you get to see, like, this side of Isla Sorna that you haven't seen before and, like, that, like, really creepy uh, aviary thing. And, yeah. like, you go back to... What was cool about it, too, is you go back to the same, like, area um, that... Jeff Goldblum and Julianne Moore are running around it, except they make a different turn and go into the part you didn't see in the like in the second movie. Yeah, um, which I liked. Yeah, I think it's tough to say. I think it's the least necessary of the four, but in such an such an inoffensive way because this movie doesn't set out to do anything except right. except run. It's the this it's almost movie like is, Jurassic this Park movie, fan fiction. Yeah, it's it's the epitomization epitomization yeah, the epitome of basically of when of all the times that people say like John Hammond just made theme park monsters like that's all this movie considers dinosaurs to be right um, they're just, except they're just like except, an, uh, like a natural sort of enemy that exists in yeah, this movie except for the thing with the raptors which I thought was really really annoying. Um, what the I, him blowing never... through that like 3d printed thing 
the the extension of the thing that they grow on their head and the spoken language and that like I found that to be that was not that was the opposite of what I wanted from oh that was such an inoffensive thing to like let them get out of a situation just let it go but I mean the characters the raptors became I didn't like it but I guess it made sense but did you notice in the third one that the raptors are the same raptors as Jurassic World I did. And I did, and that's one of the things I found most surprising about Jurassic World was that they they took extrapolated the, they, they extrapolated the idea of the Raptors from the movie that you'd be least likely to take anything right. from. Right. Well, I mean, are we going to get into Jurassic World now? Let's do it. Well, that's and then I'll just jump in and say like that's what I think is so good about this movie is that it acknowledges all three of the previous films. Hmm. And it, like, it knows that it's not just... I mean, it is a sequel. Like, in like it, it tries to make itself, like, in that world so that you, like, figure out what happened. It very much cares, like, how it got there and why it's there. And I think that's so interesting in, like, an, a day and age where you get a lot of movies like Jurassic Park 3, which just is in the Jurassic Park universe to appeal to that fan base, but doesn't really, like, answer anything about, like, what's InGen up to? Or, like, you know, what does society look like these days? It, it's just, you know, it exists in a vacuum, whereas this one knows it doesn't exist in a vacuum, and it even considers the third one. We have learned more in the past decade from genetics than a century of digging up bones. A whole new frontier has opened up. We have our first genetically modified hybrid. We just went and made a new dinosaur? Probably not a good idea. It was almost like somebody asked at the be- like someone was just like, I'd like to make Jurassic World. And the studio exec somewhere says, if you want to make this, your movie needs to explain to me in detail, in its own text, why it should exist. Right. And that's almost like and the you central... you who did that, right? That was Steven Spielberg. Like, in interviews about it, Colin Trevorrow has said that, like, Spielberg, like, had to approve the script and his one, like, limitation or whatever was that it had to make sense in the universe and explain a series of things. Interesting. Okay. So, like... I did not know that. And that's what I... And, yeah, I think he was way more hands-on about this one is what I've read, at least. Right. So, but yeah, I just thought it was, I don't know. I found this. Should we synopsize? Yes. So, I guess the prologue is just the egg shot, which is nice. Um, Mm -hmm. They've bred something terrible is basically the takeaway from, they've done something wrong, and you don't recognize this kind of dinosaur. And then it cuts to this family somewhere where it's snowy, like around the holidays or something. Kitty from Arrested Development and David Wallace from The Office are having trouble with their marriage. Yeah, I mean, you kind of get into that pretty quickly. And then, you know, they like put the kids on a plane and like, go stay with your aunts. And the aunt just happens to be um, like the director of Jurassic World, which is basically what John Hammond envisioned the first one being just with 21st century technology. Yeah. And everything's going great and things are good, but like things aren't exactly like that good. And this gets into 
like what I think is the most interesting thing about this movie and what is most interesting just in like the Jurassic Park world is when the movie is about corporate hubris. Mm-hmm. And that returns to the this film because basically InGen has been bought by or has been taken like a huge amount of their stake has been bought by this one guy but they're still technically their own company. So while this guy, who's very much like John Hammond, is doing this wa- this this theme park for I don't know the greater good or something, InGen is secretly using his funding to create like a weaponized dinosaur that they can use to then get themselves out of his control and like horrible debt that they probably incurred with the lawsuits of the first two, if not three, movies. It's just, well, that's what I found so interesting. Like, one reason that I kind of hate Jurassic World is kind of the reason I also love it, and I hate that I love it, is the fact that it's literally just assembled parts from the previous three films. Mm-hmm. Like, you have a divorce being a central thing. You have, like, the the science aspect of it. You have, like, the really out-of-touch CEO figure. You have the person that's, like, married to their job. You have, like, the handsome sort of Indiana Jones, Jeff Goldblum-type character. You have the two kids who get into the most danger. And the two kids get into a scene where they're both holding up a piece of glass, just like in the first movie. Yeah. Like, it's just assembled scenes. And they even go into the complex from the original movie and somehow managed to drive away in the Jeeps from the first movie. So, like, and then it even has the banner, When the Dinosaurs Ruled the Earth. And, like, it's just such a great nod to, like, everything that I think worked about all three previous movies. But, like, that's stupid. But, like, also that's exactly what I wanted it to be. So I think... Okay. Do you? I mean, do you want me to get into my big and ultimately sort of judgmental problem with this Go movie? Go for it. No, no, no. By all means, that's, that's where, that's where that's we what are. We, that is what we do here. <laughs> um, I, but I think that this movie does to Jurassic Park what the actual Jurassic World amusement park does to Jurassic Park. It takes something cool and it, like, buries it inside of itself, inside of something much bigger and swankier and expensive but ultimate and and i know that it knows that see i've I've read a lot of reviews of this movie and a lot of like critics seem very taken and i'm appreciative of it to an extent seem very taken of how aware this movie is of like what it's saying but i don't think what it's saying helps me enjoy it or no, anyone enjoy it. It's definitely at like a all. very contemporary take on like Jurassic Park, which I think is interesting though, because like it's it's not only a take on Jurassic Park, it's just a take on like franchises in general. Because it's like, you know, it's the Samsung yeah. Innovation Center. There he, there's even two lines of dialogue that mention like major brands and talking about how why don't we just brand the dinosaurs? But it's interesting because like those comedic moments are also like a comment on, do you know how much product placement we needed to finance a movie like this that you as an audience member would be willing to watch? Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like totally. an interesting get- comment on like movies of this nature. And I think it like it is not only a good critique of the genre, but it's also a good installment of the genre. I don't know if it's a good critique though. I think it no I think it is aware of itself 
I don't think it internalizes those things in any way that ultimately creates a more meaningful movie. In fact, what I think it creates is an empty movie. If you're gonna, I remember you you had a, you you knew from the trailer, um, and you, you were very smart in telling me like this is a movie that's gonna posit that we are bored of dinosaurs and must go somewhere else. And you were totally right. And that's what this whole movie is like on a theoretical level. Uh, it's very thorough and very articulate in that sense. But right. at the end of the day, while I'm watching the movie, if your argument is that I, is that we're bored of dinosaurs and we find no wonder in dinosaurs, you are going to make a movie in which you, as as the movie maker, find no wonder. And I found none. See, I disagree with you. I think that this movie is super aware that, honestly, nobody wanted a fourth movie where, with just dinosaurs. We're not interested in that anymore. They needed to do something bigger. Like, not only the people in the park, but the production team. And I think that they did it in a way that was still satisfying, both morally and cinematically and aesthetically, for, at least for me, because like you have the old dinosaur. Ultimately, it's the same structure. The old dinosaur comes to like comes to the the rescue at the end, and still the T Rex will triumph even over this fake like death monster thing. I mean, that's what but they I... are. They're they're monster <sighs> movies. That's like what we came to see was we came to see fucking monsters fight with humans we and other monsters i disagree with that i disagree because the first two movies are not about monsters fighting other monsters this was more like transformers than it was like the first two jurassic parks right but i think it's yes. aware of that but i don't think it's i i find only the briefest of intellectual solace in knowing that it's aware of that because what i'm watching is still what i'm watching Right. But that's like the point of these movies is that here's a company. It's the point that of this movie. This, no, I think it's the point of all, f well, three movies, maybe not the third one. But the fact that this corporation discovered this technology that the rest of the world just like wasn't ready to deal with. But then like, but then also that was the thing about the original Jurassic Park was like it was innovative in like a technological way. And so people were really like, wow, like we've never seen dinosaurs that look that realistic before. But now we have. So, like, it's the same sort of quandary for both, like, the people in the movie and, like, the production crew of the movie. But I feel like... But, the, but now we exist in a world where, like, techno we've seen technology exist that could contain some fucking dinosaurs. Like, them getting out isn't the concern anymore. And we create something that we can't handle and that frightens us because we don't know what to do with it. That we have to almost look back to nature or something whatever the point of these movies is to save us ultimately evacuate the island she's a highly intelligent animal she will kill anything that moves here's my thing about that i love about the first two movies and i was kind of holding on to this because i feel like it it's most important about the, i feel like and it goes back to the same thing this this movie as like as an entity has more in common with its would-be villains than it has in common with its would-be heroes i think that this movie ultimately in all of its self-awareness in all of its um meta consciousness has more in common with the military corporate complex of its bad guys than it has in common with chris pratt 
um, which I which I ultimately that's still a fair find, assessment. I think that's a fair. I flaw. still find that on un- yeah, and and but here's the other thing: the first two movies, and this is Spielberg again. Spielberg loves dinosaurs. At the end of right. the day, they love the dinosaurs. You know what this movie loves? And I again, I, I guess this isn't a flaw. I just find it interesting. What this movie loves is the park. This movie is right. happiest when it is. This movie is happiest when it is showing you the beautiful thing that it's created and spielberg is just rubbing his hands together until he can get to the moment when it all goes to shit and when this movie goes to shit i don't think it works well that's the interesting thing about this movie and i'll say that it's not the traditional how things go to shit because like i think i don't know in the first three movies at least i think the plot is basically one really fucking horrible thing happens and then they have to recover from that. Where in this one, I think things just get progressively worse Mm -hmm. because they're essentially trying to do the same thing, which is stop this one dinosaur throughout the whole movie. And then their efforts make things progressively worse as opposed to in the first three, they just don't have control over their environment at all. And then they're trying to, like, escape or something. But escape in this movie does not come in until very late. Like, they think they're in control up until, like, pretty deep into this movie, which I think is, like, just an interesting style choice for it because, you know, just because of the canon in which this movie exists, that we're so bored of being, like, ten minutes in, inciting incident, oh, we're fucked, let's figure out how we're going to survive. It's like, no, we got other things, okay, maybe not so great. Okay, things are getting pretty bad. Okay, think now things are really bad that I didn't think we're gonna go there. Oh shit, we're <laughs> fucked. You're definitely you're definitely right because of the like, newness. Like of in this, this movie, in- like that when the helicopter crashes and that dude dies, like that's the real like holy shit. Well, okay, let me look, can I go? Let me go to my other big problem is that this movie this movie has a real problem I think with like with people with humans. Um, right. And it's one, it's one of the things that it's one of the things that I don't think you can take for granted if you want to get to bad good territory. Is right. that when everything when everything does go to shit, like you have to have used your first 15 minutes to have gotten me nominally on the hook to care about the people when things happen. And oh, I you didn't just, you didn't like you didn't I fall in love with didn't. Chris Pratt just like No, no, not at all. I found him I found him to be just like really kind of just flat and quippy and to have and to honestly have none of the actual swagger that i would have assumed him to have oh see like i thought that establishing sequence of him like just fucking like telling those raptors what's up was like this dude can do anything oh I no really... i felt i felt totally the opposite i saw a guy playing I two like things that, moment. that weren't there and to just be yeah just to be coaching oh, and invisible then, like, things his, like, really inappropriate sort of, like, last century, like, treatment of women is, like, pretty endearing, too. You know? I He's mean, such you an know, Indiana Jones, man. Like, he doesn't have... No, nah, I right. don't think he does so. Not have People keep thorough, saying that, but I don't think so. He does not have a thorough amount of, like, characterization up front. But, like, that's what this movie wants us to think of him. I know it's what it wants me to think, but I don't buy it. And my, my problem also is that, like, you know, that, that was the whole scene that Joss Whedon made the whole thing about, and I didn't care because it was, what, 90 seconds of a movie I hadn't seen yet. 
Um, but I find, listen, the main dynamic between people in this movie is everyone in the movie trying to embarrass Bryce Dallas Howard for being like a professional woman. Um, right. And, no, like, she and that's, definitely, that's not, they definitely shame the shit out of her. It's not a fe- it's not a feminist footnote. That is the main interaction between people, right. important people like, in this movie. And I found well, it I just to be thought like, it was so interesting, like the weird sort of emotional emphasis of the movie that it doesn't have you hate the parents that are lying to their kids and sending them off to a fucking island with an aunt they don't know very well. It demonizes her for not having her life come to a, like a halt. She's like probably the most stressful job in the known world. Yes. And, and like just because her sister, who she's clearly not that close with, is getting divorced, like she's somehow like supposed to like stop her life and the movie thinks that that is like a legitimate thing we've been pre-booking tickets for months the park needs a new attraction every few years in order to reinvigorate the public's interest kind of like the space program corporate felt genetic modification would up the wow factor they're dinosaurs wow enough not according to our focus groups yeah i I think that's a problem and i also think that i i wish i had a better like way to trend this out but i don't i don't like the style of character assembly and it feels very new to me the great part about jurassic park the original is that you got together what five or six dramatic actors with some pretty decent pedigree but no blockbusters to their name really yet well Um, well i mean attenborough's like an old pro that's true that's true um but yeah you you take five or six great dramatic actors you put him in a scene that's going to be over the top and you see how they play it in a human way. And this right. to me felt like a very 21st century cynical movie where it's just like, why don't we get, um, a, you know, a couple people who can act traditionally and then four comedic actors and kind of gut them and have there be no humanity and then just have them be quirky in the moments that matter. And that's what yeah. I think the casting of Lauren Lapkus and Jake Johnson from New Girl Oh my god! Uh, I, think that's I thought what Jake that was Johnson about. was incredible. I don't, man. I I found that the, oh. I found the forcing in of kind of like twee twenty first century humor to be like he's, he's even got a Jurassic Park shirt like that killed but it. That's, that killed it that's, for me. It doesn't kill it for me. That's what I mean though. This movie is leeching off of something special in the same like, way that like, the, like that's the humor and the irony of the movie. I is don't that, like that's the little kid you were seeing those movies and there you are being like a nerd and like people want to beat am that I, impulse out of you. That's so why am I supposed funny. to enjoy that? Why would anyone enjoy that? Because, I don't find that funny at all because these movies are. Okay, and this is the, my big thesis for all three, or all four, and the reason I don't like the second one is I think when Jurassic Park, or when Jurassic, any of the Jurassic Park movies are successful, they're horror comedies. And I think when they play it like more like just straight action movies, like the second one does, they're not as good. But this one is definitely, you know, it's geared towards comedy. It's like not always building towards like a serious dramatic like a serious action moment it sometimes like builds to these weird like anticlimactic like when she when he's like trying to kiss that girl and she's like oh i have a boyfriend like that was incredible like it was such a weird little jurassic parky like wink and i liked it yeah i disagree that felt horribly wedged into me to make up for the fact that it had you know i think this Bryce I, Dallas well, Howard all movie 
So, okay. So what, what's the rating you have for this bad boy? Uh, it's bad, bad for me. Wow. I was uh, I was upset leaving the theater. I did not like this movie. You really hated it? I really did not like it. See, I really, like, honestly want to see it again and probably will this week. I'm going to have to mm. go good, good, buddy. Good, you good. You thought it was good, good. I thought it was good, good. I was thoroughly entertained and, like, every itch that I wanted to scratch about, like, well, how did this happen? It got for me. And so, thus, it was, like... It was what I was looking for in the technical elements of the film or the narrative structure of the film. And I thought it like it felt like it didn't feel so like weird like the third one did to me. And it didn't feel like as dark as the second one. It felt like it returned to like, you know, it got dark when it needed to. And I thought like some of the like some of the like gorier moments were like a little gorier than I was expecting them to be. But whatever. But I just, I was entertained. I thought it was a return to, like, what was good about the Jurassic Park movies. And honestly, I just wanted to have this weekend, you know, where I could put my notebook down and just enjoy these movies for what they are. And they're, like, they're horror comedies. And, like, you just, and they're dumb and they're going to, like, you know, they're probably not going to age well. But, like, there's something about them that's just, like, there's something good there. And even if it's a bad one, you know. I still had a great weekend just watching these movies, but I didn't take them so seriously, Chance. I think you're taking it too seriously. I don't think I am. I found the I found Jurassic World to try and compensate for its inhumanity and some of its like sort of cynical cruelty by like wedging in funnies, and I I didn't like that. But I also think we're thinking I I can tell because I can tell because of how we've talked about all three of these, and I'm surprised but compelled by it. Um, that we think that we think of these movies differently. I fundamentally think of them um, as about wonder and about the yeah. sort of com- about complex relationship between man and nature and playing God and what it means to fall sh- and to me what it means to fall short and playing God, which I think is why I like one and two a lot and why you seem to like yeah. uh, one and four a lot. I mean, I think all the movies are basically like. There are so few situations in human existence where we feel threatened by something, and it's only at our own hand that I think we have any worries about that. And I think that manifested as, you know, bringing back dinosaurs, which are inherently cool. It's just like a good, it's just like an inherently watchable premise to me. And I like to see, like, what this new director, like, with a bunch of years gone by, like, has has done with this movie. But I also feel like when I watch the originals, like even the second one that I, that I don't really like anymore, I still have that, like that wonder. And I feel like, uh, if I checked my, you know, super critical podcaster eyes and ears at the door for the new one, I felt like it was right back there for me. And I, and then it answered a few questions that I thought it wouldn't. And then that was like a pleasant surprise. So, we're be real guys. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Jesus, I feel like I did as a workout. <laughs> well, yeah, I feel like we built up like, or you built up like twelve hours, and I built up like nine of pent up blockbuster criticism energy, and we, we dude, I've been it all. rolling since like Sunday night. Like I'm like a Dilophosaur, like, we spit it out into the face of podcast listeners who maybe I aren't as did. interested I hope as we, we did are. Justice, and if you feel like you did, uh, we did, or even if we didn't, you should follow us at uh, Be Real Guys, uh, real spelled like a film reel, 
and shoot us any questions, comments, or concerns to berealguys at gmail.com. Chance. Yes, sir. I, th- I think we made it. So you two, um, dig up, dig up dinosaurs? <laughs> oh. oh. Try to. <laughs> Yo. 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 Yo.